Welcome to the CDC Podcast, Episode 49. I'm your host, Eric Swain, and with me today, all the way from New Zealand, is YouTuber Mitch Kramer, known on the platform as Heavy-Eyed. Hey, how's it going? So, to start off, how did you get into video-based game criticism? It's actually a little bit of a weird story. I, a few years ago, I used to be a band manager, and yeah, I quit my day job to do all that sort of stuff. And for years, I did that. And when that sort of fell apart, I didn't want to go back to the traditional nine to five. So I thought, oh man, I just want to try my hand at video editing. And the only way I thought to do that was to start a channel. So yeah, then a couple of really badly edited reviews later, I uh, sort of figured it out. And then my channel started growing. And I was like, oh man, I can this is fun. I enjoy all of this. So I kept my channel going and started editing for other people on the side as well. Who do you edit for? Or is that um, I pick up various projects. I used to edit for a League of Legends compilation uh, YouTuber by the name of Sunny Splosion. Um, I've done some videos for Mother's Basement, Game Chops, and some others as well. Uh, you started off relatively recently, only in September of 2015. And you, you sort of came into this environment that I guess I, I rechecked a lot of the dates of my previous interviewees, and it seems like 2015 was a kind of Cambrian explosion of YouTube essayists for video games. Yeah, um, on my end at least, that was totally coincidental. It was just happened to be when I like wanted to go through all the transition of not being a music person anymore. But yeah, that's... It's a weird coincidence. I didn't really know that. <laughs> I guess what I was trying to get at was, like, in this short period of time, like, how do you, do you know, like, the larger community? How did you, like, fit yourself into that, into that niche? I actually got added to a Skype call one day before I had a channel with some other YouTubers, a bunch of smaller channels, I guess, all just, you know, ways to help each other grow kind of situation, even though I didn't have a channel at the time. And then from there, I just kept meeting people, <laughs> kept getting added to different Skype calls. And then when everyone sort of moved up to Discord, I started meeting people in Discord servers and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and through Twitter as well, I guess. So how did you learn your video editing skills? Was that as a band manager or was that from previous experience? Um, I picked it up the first time I ever made a video for my channel. <laughs> I've always been a quote-unquote creative, I guess. It was just, I was like, I'll give this a go, see if I like it, and it turned out I loved it, so <laughs> kept going. So you're self-taught? Yep, yep, completely self-taught, aside from, you know, YouTube tutorials and all that sort of thing. So do you have any influences on your work? Like who influences me? Yeah. Um, when I first started watching YouTube a very long time ago, you know, I started with ego raptor and all that sort of thing i was like oh yeah this is cool but then i started finding smaller channels people like rated desk games and sunder and i realized that i was like oh this is cool like these guys are doing something awesome and i should try that so i guess those two would be my influences starting mm -hmm. out and now yeah uh there's so many so many good people in this community like Hamish Black, Joseph Anderson, Mark Brown, John Williams, they all influence me in different ways. 
So, any into it, can you describe your process in creating a video, like from inception to publishing? Oh, man. Uh, I I have a massive document, like a Google document, where I just write down ideas. Never tied to anything. And then as I play different games, I'll think, oh, I can relate this back to that idea that I had. And then sort of get a bare bones idea for a script together, spend way too long trying to write that, get a couple of people to have a look at it, see if it makes sense. And then, yeah, just go from there, put a put some voice down, edit some footage together, spend way too long recording game footage. You record it yourself? Yeah, yeah. Or if I don't have access to the game. And it's not like a crucial key talking point. I just sort of make a passing mention to a game. I'll ask if someone else has that. And as for the writing, how long does that, like, do you go into that? How long does that take you? Uh, it it varies wildly. Like, my longest video, which is a Star Fox, like a breakdown of the Star Fox series, took about five months to write just because I wanted to nail it. But other videos I can write in a day or two. Um, it just depends on how dense the topic is, I guess. Yeah, I think you are, like, the only person I know that's gone with an in-depth analysis of the Star Fox games. Yeah, like, that was kind of weird to me when I was writing that script, because I wanted to see how many other people had done it. I try not to watch other people's videos on a topic I want to do, just so I don't skew my own perspective. But I was just sort of gauging what was out there, and I was shocked that no one else had done it, considering how popular, I guess, the franchise used to be. Yeah, so yeah. it was cool, though, to do something no one else had really done. And you did two videos on it, because that was your first, or at least the first video on your channel, is about Star Fox 64. Yeah, that's the first video I'm uh, proud enough of that I don't want to unlist it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did two really little indie reviews, indie game reviews before that, but I, I had no experience talking to a microphone and... Uh, yeah, just not really happy with the production of them overall. <laughs> but yeah, that first Star Fox video was a strange one. It was another case of, you know, this mechanic of medals and high scores in Star Fox that no other game had really done. And I noticed no one had talked about it. So I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do that. Did uh, Star Fox have like a particular place for you? Oh, yeah. Star Fox 64 is my favorite game, like ever, hands down. I play that all the time and i guess you just wanted to dive in on that yeah so that video i didn't even i guess i hadn't really watched a lot of analysis type stuff at that point like i said i'd watch rated s games and sunder but i didn't really know what game analysis was but i was like hey this is a cool thing in this game so i'm going to talk about it and then yeah sort of led me down an analysis path as well do you feel that you've learned quite a lot over the two years that you've been doing this about oh, analysis? Yeah, a lot. Just how to critically think about things. Writing, especially. I'm dyslexic, so <laughs> writing is always the hardest part. But I've learned so much about writing and how to form thoughts, how to look at something and then quantify that into you know, a script. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been a great learning process. I've loved it. 
most of your videos tend on the uh, shorter side. I believe most of them could have fit into the old YouTube restrictions of under 10 minutes. Yeah, that's something I'm trying to change now <laughs> for two reasons. One, because, like I said, I didn't know how to write. <laughs> so I was just sort of scribbling together ideas. And now that I have a better handle on that, and then plus, you know, this new YouTube 10 minute plus style. But if something, if I can't make something into 10 minutes, I'm not going to force it. It's just kind of interesting when the trend tends to go long and then you have someone here being very concise. Yeah, I think I was concise not on purpose, just because, like, that's how my mind sort of worked, not knowing, you know, how to write. And now I've figured that out. I know how to write better and expand upon my ideas a lot more. Going back to the longer of the Star Fox videos, because you go through all six major titles. Yeah. And, and explaining how they change and evolve over time. And the only other time I think you've done something that comprehensive is when you looked at every Zelda introduction. Oh, yeah. That Zelda idea, I don't even remember why, like, where that idea came from. I just sort of was like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Um, that is something I want to try and do more of, like, comprehensive looks at series evolving over time. And I thought... The Zelda video kind of was a jump-off point, but I feel like the Star Fox video was the biggest jump-off point for that, for me. i go back to something you mentioned earlier, and how you say you don't like to watch other people's videos on a subject that you're thinking of doing. I feel like that there was an interesting case study in that you and about six other YouTubers all released videos on Hellblade within the same week. Oh, yeah. Did you watch them after you finished yours to compare? Not so much to compare... A lot because, like, specifically with Hellblade, that was a pretty personal video. But out of just interest of that game, I sort of watched everyone else's videos just as fans of them and fans of uh, Hellblade itself. Could you go into that? Why the video was personal or just... Both. Oh, both. <laughs> well, the reason I've had an idea for making a video on mental health representation in games for a very long time was one of the first ideas I sort of had once I wanted to take my channel more seriously, but I never had the right game to sort of pin it to. And then I think it was two or three days before Hellblade came out, a friend of mine unfortunately took their own life. So these, all of these factors just sort of, I was like, I need to have this conversation as a sort of catharsis for myself. And because I think this is an important topic we need to be talking about. And then watching other people's videos on it. It was cool that they touched on this and that sentiment from the game hit home for some people. So that was really cool to see. But yeah, just, I don't know, I probably spend a lot of time watching YouTube videos, so seeing other people tackle that game was just, yeah, sort of something I wanted to do. How do you feel that uh, your work can, tries to stand out into the field? What is, like, your angle of approach towards criticism? Uh, this is something I am constantly thinking about. Trying to stand out has been a huge, like, thought, like, something I try and do, but I can never quite figure it out, I guess. Like, I try not to be negative on anything, even in my Star Fox video. Despite that being called the problems for Star Fox, I thought I thought I tackled it in such a way that was positive. And 
I know that a lot of channels do focus on the negativity and that trend is curbing a little bit. For the longest time, I thought my editing could stand me out among the crowd, but then I just realized I'm not as good as of an editor as a lot of people. So that sort of fell, off, fell by the wayside. I try and find something people haven't done before, or if they have done it, I do want to give something a very unique spin. Can you give examples of how you did this? Uh, let me just uh, quickly look at my videos. I saw that... So, example of my first video, I noticed that no one had done a medals and high scores thing about Star Fox 64, and that was interesting. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And then, like, say, my Majora's Mask video, I noticed that no one had talked about dungeon design. Like, there's the four key dungeons in that game, but as a kid and playing it growing up over and over again, and I sort of noticed that the overworld is a dungeon as well. And no one had really touched on that. So I really wanted to talk a, talk a lot, a lot about that. What makes, you know, the Zelda introductions, they all change. People always complain about them or complain about some of them. And I just wanted to see what made them interesting, I guess. Yeah. I just, if I think of a topic, I want to find, you know, a unique angle. I, I can see what you mean, because there are some videos here that actually bring out some points that I've never heard before. Uh, for instance, your language of video games video, where you reach out to psycholo psychology studies and film studies to highlight certain concepts that we take for granted in video games, like moving from left to right on the screen. Yeah, that concept is what uh, sort of fueled that video. I got really curious one day as to why platformers go left to right. And it was really interesting, you know, the film studies that I discovered, you know, people moving left to right is seen as good and right to left is seen as bad. And then that sort of snowballed from there. Did you know of this study beforehand or did you find it during the course of your research? Because uh, a lot of the times people who produce content on YouTube and they really have to like keep producing it, they will go through what they know and try and build videos off of that. But this seems like something esoteric, so I'm just wondering, did you know of it beforehand? Uh, no. I discovered it while trying to figure out why platformers go left to right. <laughs> That's the same with a lot of things. If I cite a study in my videos, I probably didn't know about it beforehand. The other video is like that when you... You try and go into in-depth and note the similarities and dissimilarities was in the future of pixel art games and how, despite them all being described the same way, there are very big differences in how they're constructed artistically. Uh, sorry, continue. And I was just wondering, do you have the eye for that? Because, personally, I have a problem with visual arts and that I just, I just don't have the eye for it, so I find it fascinating anytime somebody can actually articulate what I'm looking at. So, uh, full disclosure, I cheated a little bit with that video. There's, I, I cite it in the video, but there's an yeah. article written by um, the artist of Owlboy, and he coined this term, Hybit. And I was like, that's really interesting. I want to look into this more. And you know, I read his article, looked up all of his sources, and I sort of noticed the differences in these despite them all being, you know, pixel art, the approaches that different people have with new technology was really interesting. Like how far you can push, I guess, the same 
style, but it's just so branched off now. That was something I didn't really notice until I had read that article. And and this is not as like a, a general knock on you, but these are just really interesting ideas, the language of video games. And you give another great example in there about how regardless of whatever type of game it is, even one Dark Souls that redefined how the design information delivery and it teaches you to play is different, it still has that boss moment where you're entering a special yeah. area for a special creature, and that seems to be universal among the language of video games. But then you, it kind of, because of its conciseness and its short length, it sort of ends there, and I thought, it's unfortunate that this is like an ex expansive idea that you could delve into so many different aspects. Likewise with the art, it's like you, there's so many examples and so much detail you can delve deeply into that you're approaching new territory that I haven't seen talked about before. But then it's like you can only go so far. Yeah, that is sort of a product of my old writing style and my old you know, inability to form a lot of thoughts on something. If it was possible, I would love to redo those videos and really get to the meat of the points I was trying to make. Um, Rewatching them, I just noticed that, like you said, I stopped midway through a good point, and I'm like, ah, like rewatching, I'm like, oh man, why did I do this? You know, yeah, I wish it was possible to sort of have a take two without it being weird. <laughs> Would it be weird? Is it not know. possible? I mean, it's your channel. I, yeah, you're right. Like, I, this is something I've thought about a lot because there's a few videos I really want to redo and really flesh out now that I, at least I think I'm a better writer. That language of video games is the top of my list, actually. <laughs> and the Embracing Limitations video, they're the two that I really wish I could redo. Maybe I could redo that one day. Just, <laughs> I'm just afraid of, you know, oh, you've already done this. Why are you doing this again? Yeah, the the typical YouTube comment section. Or you could do it the video game method and make a quote-unquote sequel. <laughs> the Redux, the HD remake. Well, it's like, it's the exact same game, except it has a number on the end, and there's technically all new content stuffed in there. <laughs> That's a really good point. It's bigger yeah. and better than the first one. <laughs> and this time it's in 60 frames. <laughs> Just 60 total frames for the whole video, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But when you say that you've become a better writer, in, like, what specific way do you feel that you've done that? How have you oh – God, I don't want to put it this way, but how have you leveled up? <laughs> so, funnily enough, as I said earlier, I sort of send my scripts off to people to, you know, make sure it makes sense and things like that. And I just noticed I get less and less corrections. <laughs> As I go. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I must be getting better at this. And, you know, I get some more feedback saying that either my writing has improved or people that enjoy my writing. I guess because it's not sort of my forte, I don't, I can't critically look at my own writing and see, oh, you know, I don't know the technical theory behind writing. So I'm just like, oh, I must be getting better at this. Yeah. I don't know. I just sort of guess that I'm better. Well, that speaks to clarity, but I'm just wondering of, like, the expansion ideas, if this is the direction you want to go in. Oh, right, sorry. Yeah, I just sort of realized I'm writing... My scripts on Google Docs used to be two pages, two and a half pages tops, and now I find myself just flowing for over four, which is, 
ironically about the 10 minute mark and yeah i just i don't know it's all sort of subconscious that i've realized oh man i'm writing for longer <laughs> i yeah and i i guess i can now look at a point instead of stopping there be like oh maybe i should you know explain myself or give this more time of day so people can get a better understanding of the point i'm trying to make here i find that a little interesting because previous interviewee joseph anderson he described his script in terms of word counts and you chose pages do you feel like that automatically in your mind at this point is converting it to minutes or is that just a surprise of how long it eventually does become when you record it often becomes a surprise of when i record you know given how i'm feeling that day i may talk shorter slower or faster god i'm losing my words here yeah i i never really plan for a video to be x amount of length um it's always a shock when i have to cut it all down and remove all the breaths and things like that i'm like oh this turned out to be you know nine and a half minutes of audio uh yeah i never look at word count when i'm writing i sometimes go back out of curiosity i'm like oh, i wonder how many words this was but it never sort of factors into my process do you play more like triple a games or indie games because i know that for 2015 2016 you create like end of year wrap-up videos of here are some games you missed playing because you probably never heard of them yeah i i mean it depends on the game i do play a lot of triple a games but most of my time is spent you know i'll scour steam new releases or forums reddit whatever for little indie games that I think look interesting. I've got a lot of friends here in New Zealand that are game developers, and they'll pass on stuff that they've worked on or that their friends have worked on. So I'm always just checking those sort of experiences out. I find them, not to discredit AAA games in any way, because there's a lot of value there, but I find indie games just bring something interesting to the table Every, not every time, but most times, that a AAA game might not be able to get away with. Like, a weird... I'm struggling to think of an example off the top of my head right now, but, you know, there's always these weird mechanics that would be such a hard sell to a massive audience, but, you know, you can get away with it if you're just making a little pet project. How is it down there in New Zealand? Like, games-wise? Yeah. It's actually our fastest growing industry, which is something I learned recently, which I find awesome. It's that's really cool. I mean, we've got Path of Exile, which is the the big one. Actually, right now is New Zealand Game Developers Conference is going on. I couldn't afford to fly up to Auckland for it, but there's a lot of people there. You know, it's the number one, or it was yesterday, the number one trending hashtag on Twitter for Australia and New Zealand, which is really cool. But yeah, we've got a, a pretty decent industry there's a game coming out called ashen which was shown at e3 this year and last year i vaguely remember it it was at the microsoft conference people are calling it you know oh it's just like dark souls but i mean people say that about everything these days (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 the weird looking game where people have no faces yes yes i remember yeah i've got a couple of friends working on that at the moment and i'm pretty excited for that to come out whenever it does eventually So that's nice to hear. It's just, 
it's like the the entire game industry is so United States, Europe, and Japan centric that to hear someone from me literally on the opposite side of the world. Yeah. I think this might be the farthest I've ever called. Oh, wow. I'm not going to get into detail. But, and to know that there is a burgeoning industry down there. So, because it's like you wonder, being in New Zealand, are you as disconnected from, like, the rest of it, from the rest of the world when it comes to this very European, United States, Japan-centric medium? Yeah. I mean, I can't really speak of how the developers feel, but from an outsider looking into that industry, it definitely feels that way. There have been a couple of little breakthrough titles. There was a game called Robin, which is about a woman who suffers chronic fatigue syndrome, and it's just about dealing with her day-to-day life. And, you know, Jack Septic, I did a Let's Play on it, and that sort of exploded that game, which is really cool. But I guess because of the nature of things like YouTube and, you know, Reddit, Twitter, the disconnect is lessening. Thanks to the internet as a whole. Yeah, and it's it's really cool to see, you know. I don't think a game like Path of Exile would have blown up because it's from New Zealand had it not been for how expensive and how widespread things can become because of the internet. Not to discredit, you know, Path of Exile, it's just mm-hmm. New Zealand is such a small country tucked away, like people put it on the map strong or don't put it on the map at all. If this was still the day of brick-and-mortar dominance, you don't think you'd get all those CDs across the ocean? Oh, absolutely not. I genuinely don't know of a game from New Zealand, you know, from those times. There may have been. I'll have to look into that. Um, <laughs> I'm actually planning one day when I have the time and money to fly around to different cities in New Zealand and interview game developers of what it's like to live here. Hopefully make a video on that and release it. Just because it's so weird that our little country is starting to make waves, I guess. Is there anything else about your work, your videos, that you feel I should know that I haven't asked about yet? Oh, man, you put me on the spot here. I mean, I... So, I mean, if you go to my channel, it's very obvious that I have one video that is way more popular than the rest, which is the high bit future of pixel pixel art games. And when that sort of started taking off and... My subscriber count almost doubled in a week. I was like, oh, okay, this is the point where I'm going to take my channel really seriously. I mean, I've always taken it serious, but it has been a, you know, on the back burner of just life in general. But because of that and where that took my channel, I am trying to have a much more frequent upload schedule, much more consistently bigger ideas like I have some pretty massive ideas that I have no idea how I'm going to pull off I've talked about this on Twitter before I have a I'm planning on doing a video retrospective of World of Warcraft you know how it's mechanically changed over the years how the stories change over the years how the level design boss encounters dungeons raids all that stuff has changed over the years expansion to expansion and i've started uh researching for it and man that is has been time consuming that is certainly ambitious for anyone yeah i had this idea you know one day i saw legion having you know i'm a recovering wow addict legion was a year old and i was like oh shit i should do a video about that 
And then I just realized, I was like, why not do a video about all of WoW over time? And I am an idiot. <laughs> that idea <laughs> is so massive. But I hopefully don't know one. why. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that I'm excited about that idea. It's just one day. That is that is a one day. I, that is a one day video. As in, it's going to be a full day long. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe, but as a hopefully one day I'll have that out. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, I just I plan on being a lot more consistent. You know, I I used to try and stick to one video a month. Now I'm trying to go to two, maybe three, depending on you know work and if inspiration hits. Have you gotten faster in, like, the step-by-step process of putting the video together? Oh, yeah. My latest video, Mental Health and Games, I did in a day from script writing to finishing the edit. I did that all in a 20-hour period, I think, like, with no sleep and a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, never do that, dude. Nah. Uh, yeah, that was a bad day, but... I was just, it was a pretty rough spot, and I just needed to do it. I did edit the Star Fox video in a day and a half, which I still don't know how I did. So that that side of things, because, you know, video editing is a lot of my income, I am pretty pretty quick at it. I'm, but as I said before, I used to think fancy editing would make me stand out, but now that's sort of secondary. I just want to make my videos look, cohesive, you know, match footage to what I'm saying and things like that. And any other fancy little bits will come if I think they're all right. I'm not going to over edit anymore. It's just the script writing. Honestly, <laughs> that part takes so long still. It can take anywhere from, you know, a day like my last video, but that was very personal. So it was pretty easy. I didn't have to research a whole lot to months. <laughs> It all just depends on how quickly I can write and how quickly I can get ideas. So, I usually end this with uh, the same type of fluff question. And unfortunately, I think you've already answered this very directly earlier. Oh, no. <laughs> what is your favorite video game of all time? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give you a different answer there. <laughs> um, uh, for very nostalgic reasons, Super Mario Bros. 3 for, for the NES... For the longest time, up until, you know, we got a Nintendo 64, and even then I got a Nintendo 64 a couple of years into its life cycle, that was pretty much the only game I owned. And from, I don't know, when I started playing games, like four years old, barely remember it, but that sort of, I guess when I started playing um, up until I was about eight or nine, like that was the only game I had. And the fact that I could play it, you know, every couple of days or every day and just never get sick of it. And I can still pick it up this day to this day and play it. Yeah, I think says a lot about it and how well it was designed. Well, tell the people where they can find your work and support you. Uh, yeah, so find my work at Heavy Eyed, one word, on YouTube. Um, I mean, do I bring up the Patreon? I don't know. I have one. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes, you tell your people where they can find your Patreon. Patreon.com slash heavy-eyed. I mean, you know, the usual spiel of it's not mandatory. Things are still going to roll without support, but it is very much appreciated. Yeah, and at Twitter, at heavy-eyed, because some annoying person out there has the heavy-eyed Twitter account with only one tweet. 
Oh. That bothers me. <laughs> and uh, as for critical distance, if you like this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. And if you like all the work we do at Critical Distance, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash critdistance. We like to thank all the people who support us, but we like to give a special thanks to Action D, Asmund A, Brendan V, David K, Joe O, Nathan G, Ted D, and Thine A. Thank you again for supporting us and making this podcast and all our other projects possible. And thank you, Mitch, for coming on the podcast in your current state. <laughs> Thanks for having me and yeah, putting up with this stuffy nose I have. Uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, cheers. That was fun. I know the feeling that you're under. I was that sick uh, like a month and a half ago, and I was hocked up on meds. And I only afterwards listening to it do I sound. Oh my god, I sound high. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Any any weird things I had to say is definitely because of sickness and not at all a reflection of my actual personality. <laughs> Just leave that little asterisk at the end there.